2: A podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from broadcasters and
0: those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. Justice prevails. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now.
2: Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined as always by the glowing Jim Eichenhofer, uh, once again, back in the studios, making things right. Uh, Jim, you know, things have felt a little weird, a little off uh, lately. The Pelicans have, have not been winning, which, you know, it, it's it's fun to say that feels weird uh, for us to not be winning, but you're hoping to uh, turn the tide on this road trip, huh?
3: Yes, indeed. Wednesday felt really weird because the Pelicans have not lost many games at home all season, and when they have, it's always been very close. They only had one double-digit home loss all season, and it was yeah. by 11 to Portland in a game that was a back-to-back. They had been on the road the night before. So not exactly the same thing, but similar in terms of you're coming off the road. Maybe you're a little bit fatigued, but it was just really strange to see fans understandably leaving the arena yeah. with like six, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter when they were down in the high 20s. They had the, never gotten close
2: to a lead. Right. You had sort of started to lose hope by that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely understood it. Um, I mean, Todd Graffinini talked about it. He said he was talking with Antonio Daniels uh, before about how a lot of teams there's this first game back malaise yeah. when they get back home, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, it was an especially strange situation for the Pelicans because it's just one game. They get they get home for one yeah. game, they're down for that one game. Maybe the effort wasn't there, and then they're back on the road again. So maybe hard to get up for that game. I know injuries have been a problem. Uh, you look, uh, you know, to tonight facing Orlando. Herb, Najee, questionable uh, for tonight's game. So that's, you know, obviously not good news. You sort of expected it with Herb. He's still recovering from that uh, Mm -hmm. hard fall. Uh, Najee, that's a bit of a surprise, a little bit of a bummer since he's been so integral. And of course, you're you're also missing Zion and and Ingram
3: again. And again, it's one of those things, too, where it's kind of all happening at the same position or a similar position. Obviously, you don't have your two starting forwards with Zion and Brandon Ingram being out. But now... Um, One of the guys that has started at guard, he's kind of guard forward. Herb has been in and out of the lineup lately. And then Najee's been a starting forward a bunch lately. And now he might not play as well. So it's been a really unfortunate domino effect that's occurred there. Um, One thing for tonight's game, Franz Wagner for Orlando is also listed as questionable. So we're going to have to find out later today whether he's going to be on the court or not. I mean, he's a vital piece to what they do. Between him and Paulo Bancaro. I mean, those probably their two best players, their two most important guys. So, I mean, New Orleans might catch a little bit of a break if Wagner's not able to play. If you could say such a thing with our luck lately. Right. Uh, with health-wise. But, um, I mean, this weekend is going to be interesting. I mean, you got to try to figure out a way to pick up a win or two. Um, they have a rematch with Miami on Sunday at 2.30. So, finally, next week they're going to be back to actually being able to Set up shop and be home for a week or so Whew. with three home games, but Murderers Row. Some of those games, but going to be good right. for the fans. Yeah, I see mean, the Joker
2: and uh, the number one seeded Denver Nuggets come in. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's gonna, there's going to be Timberwolves. There's going to be some
3: good games in that stretch for sure. But before we get there, I mean, it's they're going to have to try to figure out a way to beat Orlando, um, the Magic, one here in the Smoothie King Center, like right after the McCollum trade last year. Mm-hmm. One of the first games that he played, which was kind of a upset. Um, so Pelicans have had a lot of problems with the Magic over the years, but I'm not sure if that factors in very much because both teams have totally changed from the previous additions of, you know, Vucevic and Evan Fournier seemed to, for whatever reason, did a ton of damage against the Pelicans. Right. And then you have a rematch on Sunday against the Heat. Um, obviously, you have to play infinitely better than yeah, they did Wednesday yeah. to have a chance in that game. But, I mean, I think one of the big things I'm looking, for, looking at this weekend is is just trying to return to some of the things that the Pelicans did consistently well in starting the season as, as well as they did and being in the position that they're in. I mean, they're still in good good position in general. I mean, yeah. they're fourth right now technically because Sacramento has inched ahead of them. And, man, it's crazy to say the Kings are in third place in the Western Conference. But am if- start
2: dyeing my hair blonde again <laughs> wearing some shell necklaces. <laughs> it's
3: the early 2000s again,
2: man. I'm going to start looking like Sugar Ray. <laughs>
3: I have to. We're gonna have to dig up some of those photos and post them on uh, Pelicans. Oh yeah, Podcast I've got Pelicans. plenty. Yeah, 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 I've got uh, lots from the late nights. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Pelicans are still two and a half ahead of. I mean, if you're looking at the goal right now as top four, so that you have home court advantage in the first round, despite the struggles lately, they're still two and a half ahead of Dallas, which is in fifth place. Um, so hopefully, you know, you can pick up some wins, maybe increase that gap a little bit. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, I, I think everyone is is concerned with the way that things have gone lately and the fact that you're still not even close to full strength, but um, it's just a matter of picking up a win here and there. If they can at yeah, least stay do stay afloat until you get healthy. Some of these other teams in the West, as we've talked about a lot have really been struggling. I mean, I'm not intently scoreboard watching, but I mean, if you, if it's you have time to start, it's, it's pretty soon. And if you've, if you've been watching a little bit lately, I mean, it's been, it's been uh much more positive for the Pelicans than negative in terms of how many other teams are really slumping in that group that's, say, 5th through 12th, 13th lately. So yeah. um, But anyways, you know, should be an interesting game against Orlando. Not sure who all is going to play, as we just mentioned. Yeah. But, I mean, it's two young teams that have a lot of rising talent and a lot of guys. I think both of these teams' future you know, two, three years down the road is going to be even much better than it is right now.
2: Yeah. And let's hope the Pelicans are very angry because it's our turn to be very angry. Every team that comes in here is angry. Uh, It's time for the Pelicans to get up, get mad. Let's hope CJ McCollum can keep scoring the way he has. He has been absolutely carrying this team uh, in this stretch with injuries. Don't forget, all-star voting counts for three times your vote today. Uh, So log on, go to NBA.com, put in your all-star vote, Put one in for C.J. McCollum, man. it's time for him to make an all-star team. It's been too long, and he has been having one of the best seasons of his great career. Uh, so again, if you put in your all-star vote today, uh, that counts for three votes. So go ahead, tell your friends to do it as well. Uh, you know, we have WDSU's Fletcher Mackle on the podcast today. And, uh, you know, it's the, the trade deadline is about 20 days away. And every time you fire up Twitter, it seems like someone has
0: fired up the trade
2: machine. And uh, none more interesting with the scenarios, and none maybe more knowledgeable than Mr. Fletcher Mackle. And, uh, you know, we don't really have opinions on trade stuff with the Pelicans, uh, but we we're down to hear what other people's opinions are. We want you to have your fun, and we're going to bring in Mr. Fun, Fletcher Macle. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, the trade machine himself, Mr. Fletcher Mackle of WDSU. Fletcher, I know you've been busy. I know you've been uh, having the big board up, drawing strings to possible
4: candidates all over the league. Uh, How are you, man? Are you getting some sleep? I am am doing well, yes. You know what the funny (laughs) thing is? I didn't even fire up the trade machine until recently because the Pelicans have been so good and so deep. This is like the latest I've waited to even throw some crazy ideas out there. I don't 20 years in 20 years. And I waited till like after the first of the year to even start throwing them out.
2: (laughs) Wow. That's you know what that patience in 2023. That must be a new year's resolution. Uh, I'm proud of you, Fletcher. Uh, It seems like every time I load Twitter, uh, there is a, a new trade idea, a new candidate. That's that. That's the hot prospect for all the New Orleans Pelicans fans, look, I'm a boring team employee, man. My official stance is uh, I think we should stay pet, but you know what? I enjoy fun. You people should have fun, and Fletcher is Mr. Fun. What what trade candidates, what trade scenarios have you been looking at as potentially uh, viable for the Pelicans, and uh, you know, if not for the Pelicans, maybe league-wide? I know there's a lot of people out there floating a lot of candidates. Well, let
4: me start by saying this. That's a, it's a great question, and I'm glad you preferred you know, like your status with the team. Right. So I I understand, look, you're around these people. There's continuity. The culture and the chemistry they've created here is is palpable. You feel something different. And I, I truly mean that. But yeah. that doesn't mean rosters aren't tweaked. That doesn't mean, you know, the team can't improve or push more. So last year, I remember I got a lot of grief because I felt like the Pelicans, needed a guard, needed more shooting. And I remember I was pushing C.J. McCollum hard when Portland went left, ah, like in November. Yeah. And, and people, the scorn that I got, you know, <laughs> he's 31, does he fit our timeline? Is the contract worth it? Um, you know, Josh Hart has to go, he's having a career year. All true things. But right. then all of a sudden C.J. got here and then everybody acted as if it was like, you know, the hate that I took on social media it's like, you know what? Like I wanted to I would never do that, but I always wanted to go back and like, say, do you want to ever send that tweet? Do people want to take those tweets down? I want to see dark Fletcher
3: go into them, man. I, I feel like that's what you're doing right now. Fletcher yes. is, is getting
0: back. Well, at I, some am, of these people. I, I am. I am. I love I'm it. doing it
4: right now, Jim. Yeah. It's a, but <laughs> this th- is that your platform. Being said, I, I feel like, I feel like it's like, it's just part of the league. The NBA, because of the fully guaranteed contracts, is a trade league. Like, I'm not like some novel entity that throws that out there. It's sure. just the way the league works. But that being said, that's a roundabout way of me getting to your question.
2: Yes, yes. Is
4: the, This year, I think there's two guys that you're looking at. Is, is, is OG, O.G. Ananubi from, from Toronto? Popular and then name. Bojan Bogdanovic yep. in, in Detroit. Like kind of bigger wings. You know, like, you know, one's more of a shooter, one's more of an all-around player, a great defender who can also shoot. And so uh, I think those guys, does, does new Orleans make a move? I don't know, but there was a lot of CJ smoke last year, starting around the first of the year. And it came to fruition. Those two guys, you know, there's smoke. So to say, will there be a fire? I don't know, but those were the guys that I would monitor. Look, miles Turner's out there. There's different guys you hear for, for multiple teams. But if I, I like OG, I, I, I like, you know, I think Masai Ujiri in Toronto is a great executive. I think most executives in the league, if you ask them who's your favorite executive, he's every executive's favorite executive. And mm-hmm. so I think he's got a good roster and he knows what he's doing. I don't know if he's going to part with one of his his top prizes, but if he does, that, that's the move I think the Pelicans could and should explore.
3: Fletcher, you make a good point about how, and this is something that all of the general managers in the NBA have to deal with as well, is that there's a balance between – You know, you have a relationship with the players that are on your squad. And obviously, if you're a general manager, you've directly been part of bringing every single guy to the franchise unless you inherited some. Um, But you also have to balance that, you know, the personal relationships are one thing, but you always have to do what's best for your team so that's something that you know obviously Joe and I don't have any input in that or say so but yeah no
2: we're just uh just gray beige non-entities when it comes (laughs) to opinions on this uh that said Fletcher what you were talking about man it's interesting when you talked about CJ McCollum and including that Larry Nance Josh Hart was absolutely beloved in this city still is And uh, I think Larry Nance uh, and CJ McCollum together have sort of made a lot of New Orleans fans forget uh, about the pain of Josh Hart a little bit. And that's that's possible in the future. I, I get what you're saying.
4: Well, that's the thing is that, look I, look, I saw Josh Hart at the Final Four. We had a great talk. I did a fantastic story with him a couple of years ago about the wine scholarship that he started. I hated to see Josh Hart felt. I felt like he was having, I mean, for a, a rebounding wing, he was having, like, uh, he was having the best season, you know, of his career. He was a great rebounding wing who could be a hustle guy who could do a little of everything. But to get something, you've got to give something. And And, look, I think, that was one of those turning point moments last year when they traded Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Josh Hart. And those guys still showed up at the game that night and sat in the stand mm-hmm. in a hug. It just shows what this organization is now, how far they've come from the guys that were like skid marks to the airport. Get me out of here as fast yep. as you can. Celebrating to leave. These guys came in stands to the game. And, and were, like, hurt that they were traded because they felt like this is something special because it is. And, and to me, that just shows the culture you created. And while you did have to lose, especially a good guy in Josh Hart, and keel too, but more Josh, yes, TJ McCullum and Larry Nance coming in have been awesome for this team on the floor, in the locker room, in the community, what they do. I mean, look, Larry Nance, every time he speaks at shoot-around, it's gold for the media because yeah. – Fart. He gives you great answers. He's funny. He gets what you say. Same with CJ. And on the floor, they've been invaluable. So, again, people, and I don't mind that. I think it's a good natured fun. Yeah. Everybody has opinions, but sure. I think it's sometimes when the people kind of push me a little too far of the oh it's like well look here's the thing if you don't understand nba trades you don't understand the league and sometimes we have a more well-educated football fan base than a basketball fan base but trades are just part of life in the nba and they they always have been and they always will be and smart good executives like david griffin and trajan langdon are always going to be looking to improve their roster even if it means sending a good player out to get a good player in return, which they did last year.
3: You know, Fletcher, since we're on the gloating tip right now, yes. I'm going to gloat a little bit as well because yes. I I think that I was one of the most avid, fervent supporters of that trade when it happened. And and to be honest with you, like I looked a- around a little bit after that trade and, and was kind of like, am I losing my mind to like be as op- optimistic as I was because you know, like you said, there were many people, and understandably so, that were upset that Josh Hart was traded. And I totally get that because, as Joe mentioned, you know, he's beloved. He's such a well-liked guy. People respected the heck out of him. Many friends I have were just like, how can they trade Josh Hart? How can they do that? And I, a lot of times I just kind of had to step back and be like, you know what? You'll see. Because I Josh Hart is a great player, awesome role player. He's been very helpful for Portland as well. I'm sure they're very happy that they added him. But C.J. McCollum is just a different level of player. It's kind of like it's just hard to compare those two guys, just because you know C.J. has been a guy who's been almost an All Star. If he was, if he's had been in the Eastern Conference all of his career, he probably would have made it several times. It should be this year. So, um, so I I want to gloat with you, and just be like, I mean, hey. this trade was. I mean, one of the comparisons I've made too is the excitement that was here for the DeMarcus Cousins trade was probably 10 times what it was for the CJ trade. There was so much more hype. There was so much more excitement. I mean, the arena was packed. It felt like a playoff game the first game after that trade. I think it was 2017. This one, it was kind of like people were, were more like, yeah, it was good. But I, I said from the beginning, I think this trade will, will, will end up being so much more impactful down the road. And I mean, we've seen in, I mean, it's been less than a year since that trade happened. I mean, like you said, it's night and day, the difference in the franchise in so many different ways. And it's not just CJ, but also Larry Nance as well.
4: Sure. Look, I love Boogie. I was one of the guys who I got tipped off right away. I remember because I felt kind of like I'm, I, this is kind of special. I I think I know something here. I remember it was the all-star game night. Mm-hmm. It, in said, it, it, and, and I got a, a tip from somebody saying that the Pelicans, like it, it, he's going to end up coming to the Pelicans. And I remember when Boogie came after the game, you know, obviously – you know, the PR person with the Kings telling him yeah. right after the game, which was a crazy scene. And, and I was all for the Boogie Cousins trade. I mean, I knew who he was at the time and, you know, the player he was and the caliber and, the, you know, how dysfunctional Sacramento was. But you're right. Pairing him with AD, it was a much bigger, like, a wow moment. Whereas CJ McCollum, I mean, it wasn't met with people, you know, I don't think people were questioning it hardcore because you knew he was a good player. But it was more of like kind of that like yawn moment, like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, he's a nice player. Um, But I I think you're right, and and I feel the same way. And look, getting Larry as well, I've liked Larry going back to – I remember when he was coming out of of Wyoming, and I remember his early days with the Lakers and then with the Cavs. And, you know, he's a guy who you know – like to me, I felt like they replaced Josh Hart with Larry Nance and then just Mm -hmm. got this, you know, fringe all-star kind of player – in in CJ, and it just seemed like a monumental win. And then the kind of people they are. Because, look, it's easy to say, we want culture. We want the right guys doing the right things the right way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody says that. It's another thing to actually stick by it, draft those players, sign those players, find those people, and do it. Like, it's not just rhetoric. It's reality. And that's what they did. They got in that deal last year to – Really quality NBA players that can help you win, but guys that you know can shape your locker room and the culture of your organization even more than it had already been shaped. And to me, that's when everything became real for this for this group that we're going to see now. I, I look at that moment last year, in again the, the the trade of, of Hart and in in Nikhil and how they reacted to that trade, showing up. You know, hugging everybody, sitting in the stands, praising yeah. the organization for how first class they are, and then getting those two players, CJ and, and Larry, and CJ talking about, you know, this isn't by mistake, this is by design, and I want to be here and what he sees. And then obviously the players they are on the court, you know, I, I, I really think this is going to be a special season. I understand right now there's injuries and, and a little bit of a slump, but I still think this is going to end up being. One of these historical seasons for basketball in New Orleans.
2: Maybe the dampened enthusiasm for Z, for CJ has something to do with what you were talking about—sort of a newer basketball fan base. A lot of people just probably weren't that familiar with his game. They sort of knew him as the second banana to Dame Lillard. Now they're finding out firsthand how good he is. Now, sort of zooming back out from the Pelicans, you're a you're a whole NBA watching guy. A lot. It's easy to just sort of really get tunnel vision, but you've seen the Luca needs help signs and. uh you know, Trey Young is always a hot trade candidate. There's there's so many other trade candidates floating around in the league right now. Is there anyone else, specifically maybe in the West, that may change things that you're looking at as maybe a, a possible trade candidate, trade destination, something that may make things a little uh, interesting down the stretch?
4: To me, you just mentioned it, and that was the one team I was going to mention, is Dallas and Luka. I mean, like, he's a one-man wrecking ball. And, and I get it. Look, Christian Wood's a good player. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie's a fine player. But when you get into a seven-game series, I feel like Luka needs more help. Yeah. And so that's the team that I'm looking at. And I understand, you know, the Mavs don't have a lot of draft capital, and they've got some, you know, some some questionable contracts on their roster. They can move some pieces around, but they have to tie assets to those guys, Um so that's the team I look at, though, because obviously you've got a guy in Luka that is, is historic and doing special stuff that's ready to win a championship. And every year you don't push for that championship with Luka now that you know what he is, you know he's entering his prime, and, and you know how special he is. It just feels like a wasted year. And so I just feel like the Mavericks of the team I'm watching because... Um, I don't know who they beat in the seven-game series. I get it. They went deep last year. I get it. Luca's a star. Right. But this year, you know, the West with Denver being back to full strength and Memphis being a year more experienced and the Pelicans on the up now is deep as they are. I mean, with the Clippers finally want to play and take things seriously when it's the playoffs because they are going to do that, you know, I just look at Dallas and say, i love Luka. And I've loved Luka for a long time. But I just I feel like Dallas is that team to keep an eye on. Uh, for a splash move, which, you know, to me isn't great for the Pelicans right. because they're going to have to play him down the stretch a ton and, and they could face him in the playoffs. But that's the one team, you know, you keep hearing L.A. I, I just don't think L.A. is going to do anything. I, I feel like yeah. they're going to ride out Westbrook's contract, but I can't see them doing anything. I, I could see, look, obviously, I think Phoenix is going to end up moving Jay Crowder in some way and getting an asset for him. And, and they certainly need to do something because they're going the wrong way right now without Devin Booker. But Dallas is the team that I think is, a really good team and a really legit contender because of the player they have there. And I think they're going to do something that makes people, you know, like say, wow, that was, that, that, that seems like it helped them.
3: Fletcher, obviously, as we sit here, it's about three weeks before the trade deadline. It's impossible to predict exactly which teams are going to do what and, and who's going to improve. But I mean, based on the standings right now, I'm going to put you on the hot seat
1: no, Fletcher in the hot
3: seat. I know your station has has a WDSU has the hot seat. So, which of the of the thirteen teams right now in the West of which three teams do you think are not going to be in the play-in tournament when we get to the end of the regular season?
4: So, I got an easy one for you, and it's just it's low hanging fruit: the Jazz. Because and I'll give you more, but the Jazz right now I think are like in six or seven, and yeah. and I just don't think they're going to maintain it. I think that. Nobody knows who and what they are. You know, they traded their best players away. Marketing's having a fantastic season. But they've got good NBA players, and and obviously they got up to that hot start. They beat New Orleans in the the home opener for the Pels. Um, But I just see them making a deal, whether they trade Olinick, whether they trade Clarkson. I don't think they'll trade like Lowry Marketing, but maybe they could. It just seems like Danny Ainge, you know, wanted to try to rebuild, even if he didn't want to completely tear it down. So I think at some point Utah's going to make some trades and regress back out of that 7-10 through 10 spot, and, and they're going to be the team that misses. Um, I, I I think one of the other ones in a surprise move could be the Suns. You know, I, I, I thought that the Suns, you know, with the whole ownership fiasco and the eight and fiasco, I, I, I thought that they would be a team that would regress this year, and they didn't until Booker got hurt, but now they are. So I think that they're going to be in that play-in or just out of of the play in. I certainly hope the Lakers are are out of it. Um and I don't know if, if AD coming back whenever he comes back will be enough to get them in. But those would probably be my three teams. Um the Jazz definitely, I just think they're going to pivot and go in a different direction. Um and then the Lakers just because I think I would love to see it. And then and then the Suns, I think they could get into the play in, but I, I it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, if they continue to spiral and, and just are one of those teams that misses.
3: What do you think about the Thunder? I mean, based on that list, you would have them as a team that is going to be. Yeah, in I, the I plan. guess I don't
4: even consider them right now because I just feel like there's. Look, if they got in, it would kind of remind me a little bit of what the Pelicans did last mm, year. Yeah. Uh, look, I get it. They, you know, they've got a ton of. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I, I think SGA is 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 awesome. I mean, he's he's fantastic every night. But the rest of that team, I mean, it's nothing but like nineteen-year-olds. And and I get it. Look, they've. You know, what Sam Presti has done, you know, is show that he can, you know, build teams and draft well and and, and they develop their talents. So you're right. Maybe they kick around and get into the play-in. I just feel like maybe that's a year too soon for them. That I feel like, you know, they they keep playing all these young guys that at some point that's not going to benefit them down the stretch in meaningful games. But who knows? You're right. They're at 10 right now. I just, I kind of overlooked them because I feel like they're going to be a team that falls. And, uh, and it's not going to make it into the play-in. Yeah,
2: I got to say my favorite part of all of that, Fletcher, was the petty jab at the Lakers because uh, I am always all for petty jabs at the Lakers. And uh, speaking of the hottest seat that you can be on, this is, a, this is a hot take from Jim Eichenhofer who's trying to stir the pot. You know, he acts all innocent and sweet, but uh, but the man knows how to shake things up. He had an interesting question here. Do you want LeBron to break the scoring record in New Orleans or have the chance to do it here? They play here on February 4th, uh, so it's going to be close. That's an interesting scenario, Fletcher. A lot of ways you could go with it. It's sort of a, uh, an acid test. Are you petty or are you a nice guy? Let's find out. What What would you like uh, to see there, Fletcher?
4: So I, even though I, I can kind of dump on the Lakers because of – how they handled everything and what they did and what clutch sports kind of ordered Anthony Davis to do, um, back in, in 2019, I still think LeBron is just amazing to watch. So selfishly, I would love to see LeBron break the record in new Orleans and make history in new Orleans, because it would be part of new Orleans history forever. That being said, I'm always for athletes or teams winning championships, breaking records at home. If LeBron could do it in L.A., it would just mean more, and it would probably mean more to him and the franchise. Not probably. It would be. I mean, look, I saw Drew Brees break records in the Dome that were more special than if he had done it on the road, you know, in in a Monday night game against Washington, in in another Monday night game against Indianapolis. You know, the Saints advancing to go to the Super Bowl, winning the NFC Championship game back in the 9 season here. It's just more special. You know, you see baseball or, or basketball championships, when teams win the championship in their home venue, it just means more to the fans and the people. So that is what I think I would like to see. But selfishly, it, again, what LeBron has done in the community, what LeBron has done on the court is second to none. I, I am a LeBron guy. I think he's amazing. So selfishly, I would love to to be there and cover it and see NBA history. Um, that will be something that is probably never touched again. And, uh so that's, that's kind of my answer. I'm not somebody who doesn't want to, you know, who's going to try to dump on NBA history or one of the greatest players yeah. ever. Selfishly, I'd like to see him do it here so I can see it. But in my heart, I I know I would like to see him do it back in L.A. in in his home arena in front of their home fans.
2: So the answer to the test, nice guy. Uh, I'm a petty guy, but the thing is, I agree with you, Fletcher. I would love to see LeBron uh, break the record here in New Orleans because the rain of booze that would echo oh. in that arena would be absolutely deafening.
4: you think they have a noise machine cranked up now. So let me say this. And I, I agree that look, that's another reason why I don't necessarily know if I would love to see it here, but I disagree a little bit because look, it, it's reality. When the Lakers play here, when the Lakers play anywhere, they're a worldwide brand. Mm-hmm like a third or more of the arena is going to be purple and gold. So those people are going to be cheering on LeBron. And yes, I get it. You know, we have like the city of petty, and we love that. You know, the the Nolan no-call, which is four years old uh, today. Um, The, uh, you know, the the boycott bowl. Some of the the pettiness we all like to embrace. I still think we have a very well-educated, respectful fan base. And I do think that there would still be more people – Clapping and understanding the historical effect of what he just did than than booing him, so I, like I agree with you a little bit in the fact that there would be booze, but I think the people who booed him, I do think that would be wrong, and it would be that would make New Orleans look bad and, and really bad because it's it just it would be such a special moment but I, I think that I think it would be more cheers than booze, but I think you're right, there would still be some of these you know petty Trollish Twitter people that that would love to go and just boo him for you know for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, that that that's what I'm here for. I'm a man of the people, and I would be among that number doing the wrong thing. Uh, it would depend on how many drinks I had had. Uh, that night uh, watching. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm in total agreement, but I respect Fletcher's opinion. He is doing the right thing. Uh, he is a man of honor and I am not. Mr. Fletcher Mackle, interesting trade scenarios as always. Uh, can't wait to see what this trade deadline holds for us. going to be an interesting 20 days, Fletcher. Strap up and uh, let's go Pels in this stretch, huh?
4: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think I really truly believe when they get healthy, and if maybe if they make a tweak at the deadline, I, I really think the Pelps is going to be one of these soaring teams in February, March, and April heading into the playoffs.
2: That's what I like to hear. Fletcher Mackle, thanks for joining the podcast, man.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring?
1: Big thanks to
2: the bubbly Mr. Fletcher Mackle, always crackling with energy. You always know you're going to have a good time when Mr. Fletcher Mackle is the guest. A lot of interesting takes there, Jim. Uh, you know, I, I I appreciate Fletcher's perspective, but, uh, you know, there's some some disagreements there. When, when he looked at his three teams in the West that will not make the play-in tournament, especially uh, juicy, I think.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to dis... Uh, not disrespectfully. Respectfully agree no, with, get disagree him. with him. Y'all fight. <laughs>
2: no. no, it's all right. I um, got back.
3: There. <laughs> I think I just dis- defer with him a little bit on my perspective about the Thunder. I think if you look at the way that they've... I, I understand what he's saying in terms of, you know, a lot of young guys on that team, a lot of key players that are in their first and second year. Josh Giddy, I mean, Shea Gildas Alexander should be an all-star. He's been, you know... If his team, if they'd won more games, he may even be like in the MVP conversation. But yeah. um, they've been trending up so much lately. They've had so many impressive performances and wins that I think they are going to finish in the top 10. Yeah. Um,
2: we talked about it the other day about who they're ahead of, and I yeah. think they could stay ahead of all those teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't look like they're falling off for any reason.
3: We do see a lot of teams in, in Fletcher reference Utah as well. You do see teams, especially the younger ones, that are in the mix until February and either make trades and that hurts their chances of staying in it or that they just, you know, sometimes you run into a wall because you're used to playing a college 30 game season and you get 50, 60 games in. And it's just like, man, we still have another two months in the year (laughs) and you see a drop off because of that. But I, 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 I think right now, and you know, if they go on a losing streak or whatever, obviously that'll change, but the way they're playing right now, I think they are going to get in the top 10 and it was interesting what he said about Utah as well, because I feel like, and I don't necessarily disagree with him on his take that they're going to potentially falter, but it seems like every time this season that they've lost a couple games, national media everyone across the nba's been like oh, okay now now they're going to fall off yeah. and now they're and they just keep coming back with with win big wins i mean they beat And i'm
2: one of those people every time Laurie yeah. Markham has a good game like so what he's playing on a team that a lot of people are overlooking and yeah right. he's going to have a good season but mm-hmm. it keeps happening i'm one of and, those haters that keeps getting
3: shut up by that team and they keep beating some of the teams too that they're in the race with it like minnesota, they had a big win against minnesota on monday on the road yeah games like that I mean they, they it just seems like they keep keep picking up victories that put keep them in the race. And also I think they have some players that have started to show improvement from the beginning of the season like Walker Kessler yeah the rookie center. So I, I think if anything he's better now than he was when the Pelicans played them in October and then a couple times in December. So uh, there's a lot of signs for Utah as well, that they're going to be a better team in March and April than they were at the beginning of the season. If that's the case, I mean, that's another team I think that factors in last thing on that subject too, in terms of reacting to Fletcher. um, It almost caught me off guard when he said Phoenix, he doesn't think that they're going to be in the top 10. um, That would be a shocker if they didn't make the top 10 after they had the best Record in the, in the entire league, life, well, it's, it's
2: what we were talking about it. You know, uh, uh, either the last podcast or, or one of the recent podcasts, we were saying that, that the end of the tail end of the West is going to be a heartbreaker, uh, mm-hmm. for some teams because there are going to be some good teams that you maybe wouldn't expect to be out of it. They're going right. to be out of it. One of the other things that, uh, maybe, uh, stuck in my craw that Fletcher talked about was the Lakers' jerseys that he expects to see if if LeBron uh, breaks that. I
3: don't, uh,
2: I don't think so. I think that's the old Pelicans fans. I, the new Pelicans fans. Look, the radio studio is right by the window where everyone comes in. I get to see the people coming in. And and from, you know, my every man's point of view, I used to count the Warriors jerseys and the LeBron jerseys and like, ah, he's 10. He doesn't know. Uh, but mm-hmm. less and less of that. You see yeah. more and more. Pe- I don't expect any Lakers game in New Orleans to have one-third Lakers jerseys, you I would bet my feet on it if, <laughs> if there's that many Lakers jerseys. I
3: believe in the Pelicans fans, especially versus the hated, hated Lakers, that much. You know, Joe, I wanted to weigh in on, you know, not, not not necessarily specifically what Fletcher said in general, but I had my own, when I came up with this as, as an idea, I got to be honest with the you, villainous. I had my own kind of, Take that I had in the in the back of my mind. I, I, it was good that we let Fletcher kind of talk about it first before I I weighed and in. It was but, very sweet about it. Yeah, but I think I might have a little bit of a Jim rant today. <gasps> a Jim rant. Jim rant. Jim rant. Jim rant. Yes, the. Part of why I said, I brought up, you know, do you would you want LeBron to break the scoring record here or not was because I have some pretty strong feelings about that topic specifically.
2: Yeah, again, Jim is soft-spoken, but you get him off the mic, he is ready to punch a wall when you ask him about this stuff and
3: let it out, Jim. And, and initially, my feelings when I started thinking about this maybe a couple of weeks ago, because I saw on some of the projections, you know, ESPN, whoever else would say, if he averages this many points, he's on track to break yeah, the, the record. Is February 4th at New Orleans. Now, I have to throw in real quickly that he's missed a few games since then. So it would take him averaging, I don't know, it's it's like high 30s. He's
2: doing it on purpose because he's scared to do it
3: here. <laughs> right. But uh so it's it's not it's very unlikely that's gonna happen. But I think I think it was good for just a thought experiment. So of course. Some of my takes on this though are um yeah. I first off, I think the one third of the arena Laker fans Mm -hmm. jerseys is, is off because like you said, it's changed a lot. Um, There might be, it might tip the scale a little bit back because there will be people, I think specifically who will buy tickets to see him break the 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 records close, if it's close. And and therefore they might come in LeBron jerseys. They might be heat LeBron jerseys or Cav LeBron jerseys from those types of fans. But um, I agree with you in that from a pure petty standpoint, yeah, The fact that you could have tons of people booing him and tons of Pelicans fans who dislike him. And I think for totally valid reasons, yes. if you go back to 2019, there's no reason for any avid Pelicans fan to like LeBron James. Oh, let's you, give him his respect. You, he's, he's had a storied career. You can respect his career. I don't want to hear it. You can respect what he's done. And as I've said many times to many people over the last few years, especially since 2019, these are two separate things. Just because I dislike him as a player and do not want to see him be successful and don't don't want to see him his teams win does not mean that I don't understand that he's one of the greatest players of, of course, all time. Of course I, I respect I feel LeBron's like game. People get that confused sometimes as sure. though if you say something negative about a player that that means that you don't understand how great he is. Yeah, not no, everyone I dislike like is trash. The reason right. I
2: dislike him is because specifically they are not, they've hurt me before. Right. And that's why and, LeBron
3: James would get booed. And as we've discussed before on this podcast, even going back previous years, um, what he masterminded in 2019 with Anthony Davis was despicable towards us. It was disrespectful. I mean, you could say, like, at the end of the day, he got what he wanted, so the end justifies the means. But from our perspective or the perspective of New Orleans fans, why would you want anything positive no. to happen for him? Why what would if, you, What if those ping-pong balls had fallen a different way and we didn't get Zion right. after that? Yeah. Imagine where I, we might be. I think things worked out incredibly well for the Pelicans. And, and at the end of the day, even right now, but even more so going forward, For the next couple of years, we will look back at the Anthony Davis trade as one of the best things that's ever happened to us. Mm -hmm. But that was not because of the Lakers being looking out for us. It wasn't because, you know, LeBron James was like, you know what? We should trade for Anthony Davis. Yeah, but but let's help as, him out. As long as as long as things work out fine for New Orleans, if if things are not going to go well for them, let's you yeah, know. It's just want to win, win. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to you know. Let's leave him in, in... let's leave Anthony Davis in New Orleans if if this is going to be you know something that hurts the franchise in New Orleans. No, none of that happened. Yep. So at, w- the fortune that happened here has been a combination of obviously, like you said, the luck that happened with Zion getting the number one pick in that draft, but also. What's happened since then with the trade itself was was genius because Mm -hmm. of what it's yielded in terms of Dyson Daniels. There's another lottery pick potentially that could be coming. I mean, some of the fruits of that still we haven't even seen yet. Um, So from that standpoint, I was totally against it at first, the idea of him breaking the record here or having a chance to break the record here. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, this could be so beautiful. And this could be one of the most all-time petty New Orleans moments ever Fletcher Ma- Fletcher Mackel mentioned the, you know, the, the complaint about the no call and yeah. this could be like a new level of petty that oh, we've sure. never seen before. For so sure. I'm all for it now. I, I want to see this happen. Um, but last thing in terms of the night, if he, if he breaks the record or say, say he's 25 points away and he only right. ends up with 23 and doesn't get it. Um, either way, if he does break the record for the Pelicans to have the chance to ruin the night, by beating the Lakers in that game, that would be something that I would enjoy as well. That, you know, there's all these celebrations, there's all this partying, and people saying like, "Oh, this is amazing! You broke Kareem's all-time scoring record," but yep. you lost the game to the Pelicans. Yep. So that would be kind Just of a, little a, a fitting, yep. right? A nice little bow to tie up the pettiness together. I so love it. Let's 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 see it happen. Let's have it happen, LeBron. We need him to average about maybe I don't know 38, 40 points a game over sure. the next couple weeks. Go LeBron the next few weeks. (laughs) To put him to put himself in that position. But I I want the experience of seeing this happen and maybe at the end of the day everyone can happy be everyone can be happy because the people that want to see history can be happy. And then people like me can be happy as well because we'll get the booze and hopefully a win at the end of the night. That's the gym I like to see. Dark gym. Coming
2: out, uh, this is going to be a juicy second half of the season. I am in total agreement. Fletcher said it would be a stain on the city of New Orleans or something like that if we booed LeBron. I think it would just be New Orleans, baby. I would have, like, just a parasol. Sec- you know, He knows the sort of gravity he attracts. He knows it's going to be positive and negative. You break the record in here, you better know what's going to happen. It's It would go viral. It would be... Uh, I think hilarious. So I d- I got to disagree with Fletcher there. Love Fletcher,
3: uh, but I don't think it would be a black eye. I think it'd be a, a bedazzlement of he, the New Orleans sports scene. He calls it a stain. I would call it one of the most proud moments of my entire life. Jim, great podcast today, man. I think we got some vitriol out. This was almost like therapy, it's, I think. It's been too long now that I think about it that I've had a... Evil gym rant. Yeah, you've so, been too Zen,
2: man. So you gotta yeah, get angry.
3: I haven't had a positive or negative one in a few weeks. So it was yeah. it was time, and I think this was the perfect uh, yeah. instance for that.
2: You were due, man. I've seen you just sort of clenching your fists in the halls, and I knew something was up. So it was time. Big thanks to Fletcher Mackle for hopping on the podcast. Big thanks to you for listening to us wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere you listen to your podcast on the iHeart Network. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast presented by SeatGeek. We will talk to you again on Monday. And until then, go, Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by
0: SeatGeek. At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you on the
1: hunt for a new home this spring?